The cafe's new cold brew coffee is strong. How strong? With rich flavor, it's real strong. But not too, too strong. Because it's smooth too, baby. How smooth? Real smooth. Like silky velvety smooth. So, if you want your cold brew strong and smooth, come on in and try McCafe's new cold brew of sweet and creamy marble cold brew coffee. It's smooth. That comes on strong at participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. You're listening to Pop Health Week on the Blog Talk Radio and Affiliate Networks. This episode is brought to you by Health Innovation Media, solely focused on engaging thought leaders in the innovation space, from ACOs to value-based healthcare initiatives and the evolution in the growing space of direct primary care. Welcome, everyone. I'm Greg Masters, the producer and co-host of Pop Health Week, flying solo today. My colleague Fred Goldstein, president of Accountable Health LLC, is traveling. For first-time listeners, my academics include a Master of Public Health from the UCLA School of Public Health and a Bachelor's Degree in Psychology from the University of California at Berkeley. A recovering managed care executive, I have roots in the rollouts of IPA model HMOs, second and third generation PPOs, seasoned further by trophy PHOs in the 90s, including practice management company development and a series of provider-sponsored health plan launches. I provide thought leadership and strategy guidance for hospitals, health systems, and physician-led ventures. I publish and principally author ACOWatch.com. Do follow me on Twitter via at the number two health guru. And now for today's special guest, Jeremy Smith, MD, CEO of MyMD Connect, an innovative company domiciled in East Texas with growing reach into Louisiana and Oklahoma. MyMD Connect brings a set of innovative solutions to health plans, working with the emerging direct primary care universe. Solutions include customer service, patient advocacy, and value. Dr. Smith is an innovator and free market economy-minded physician, born and raised by two incredible parents in Wichita Falls, Texas. Dr. Jeremy Smith was instilled with the most important tools he needed to become a good physician long before grade school was finished. He was taught to have character, respect others, and learn the ability to listen. In addition to what he learned from his parents, Dr. Smith was formally educated at Midwestern State University, where he completed a Bachelor's of Science degree focused on zoology and pre-medical sciences. Several highlights during his undergraduate study and postgraduate training include time spent in the Dahlquist field research areas of West Texas, University of Oklahoma's Lake Texoma Biological Institute, and study abroad to King's College in London, England, at Waterloo. In 2003, Dr. Smith graduated with a medical degree from the University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston. His residency in family medicine was completed in 2006 at the University of Texas Health Sciences Center in Tyler, Texas. Following residency, 
Dr. Smith moved his medical practice and his family to Nacogdoches, Texas, where this story begins. Welcome, Dr. Smith. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Before we start, I want to give a big shout about how I connected with you, and that is listening to uh, Dr. Landon Roussel, who uh, publishes the DPC podcast. So I give a big shout out to Dr. Roussel. I encourage anyone following the space to check it out. So let's start, Dr. Smith, let's start with more about you. Your attraction to clinical medicine and that moment or perhaps series of life experiences that set up your journey into the direct practice space. But even before that, please set the table. Give us a sense of what is direct primary care and then launch into the genesis of MyMD Connect. Well, sure. I'll be happy to uh, address that. I, I went into medicine and, and I knew I was going to do that from early on, six years of age, broken arm, ended up in the doctor's office. Um, I was constantly in there. And every time I went in, this, this guy, this, this bigger than life fella to me, knew everything that was wrong with me and had big fancy Latin words for everything. And I knew I had to know what this, this guy knew. So that, that set me towards medicine. Long story, you went through my bio, ended up a family medicine doctor in East Texas. And the reason I'm a family medicine doctor is I have to know everything about everything. I just, a specialist wasn't, wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a generalist. And that's not, that speaks beyond medicine. That's a economy and that's how things work, taking things apart to figure them out. And I landed as a family medicine doctor in a, in a really beat up, broken system in East Texas. And, and it didn't resemble anything I wanted to do in the fee-for-service world, and I practiced for about eight years, um, tried to dig myself out of debt and raise a family, and at the time, um, I just felt like something was wrong. couldn't do medicine the way it was being done, and, and once you look and kind of feel and see behind the curtain, you can't unsee things, and really what I saw was the, the fact that the customer or the patient was not at all who who I had a relationship with. I, I was seeing these patients. I was trained to do it, but the customer was, was a third party that I had no idea who the guy was, whether it was a wearing a blue cross uh, type type coat or an employer. I really didn't understand how the system worked, but once I figured it out, I realized it was anything but a direct relationship with the patient. So um, after some soul searching and discussions with my wife, I, I, decided to quit my job, said, I can't do this. Uh, it's not what I went to school for. I really need a direct relationship. <clears throat> I looked at a lot of things. Um, I mean, welding and plumbing and electricity all fascinated me. So I thought, well, sure, I'll, I'll do, I'll do that next. And, and I, it all boiled down to really, I just enjoyed being a doctor. So whether it worked or not, I looked around and figured out how can I do a direct relationship? And this is, this is a couple of years ago before the uh, the current system that's set up now uh, was in place. And there really wasn't direct primary care. I didn't know what that was. I saw some concierge stuff going on, and I saw some other things that still kind of depended on the insurance model. So I, I just cobbled a, together a, a piecemeal direct primary care model here in East Texas that I thought would fly. And uh, my colleagues and friends all thought I was crazy. You're in a town of 30,000 people with the well below the median income. You're, you're going to starve to death. And 
it, it really didn't matter if it worked or not. It's what I wanted to do. And my, my wife was supportive. She can pay our bills. So I was in a unique position to take a risk. And I did, I, I cobbled together a, a direct primary care practice called my MD select right here in East Texas. And, um, and, started it and pretty much nothing happened. I think I had 13 patients join in the first couple months and that, that would just wasn't going to do it. So I went into studying the, the economy of medicine and the delivery system of medicine. And I, and ironically I left it because of the third party insurance model, but I dove in and I dissected and figured out how it works. It's like taking apart a carburetor, like, okay, well eventually you figure it out. And so I built some relationships and figured out um, how can I get a direct primary care model to the real consumer of most of the medical services in this country, which I thought was patients, but it's not, it's employers. And I've got a bunch of friends that own businesses. And once I realized as a doctor, I thought the insurance quote unquote insurance companies were paying for things. They're not. These small business owners all across our country are the ones paying for the medical care. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to figure out how to take my my skill set, which direct primary care is basically a skill set of an economy-minded physician that can go through a free market principled approach and evaluate all the economic pathways to buying whatever it is that the patient needs. And I I, I got really good at that. But one-off, one-off patients here and there, that's not going to move the needle. So what we did was we figured out how to do direct primary care for employers because that's the true guy getting beat up and spending all this useless money. And I thought, man, just think of the economy if we can take the one waste out of healthcare. So I looked at things and I'm looking at health plans. I'm trying to figure out how to come in parallel and, and, and be next to a health plan. And what we discovered was you can't really move the needle on the health plan from beside it. So there was some bolt on products that are out there today. Even the most common thing you see is direct primary care doctors going to an employer with a, with a kind of a crappy plan and saying, Hey, put me on it and, and it'll be better. But the plan itself isn't integrated with the doctor. So it's not really moving the spend or the cost. So, what my MD Connect, I finally had to split off of my DPC practice and, and form a company called MyMD Connect. MyMD Connect designed from the floor up health plans. But on the blank slate, what we did was we put the DPC doctor there first. And then we built all the administration and plan design and language around basically if this guy, this DPC doctor expert, thinks the patient needs something and he knows a great way to get it, better than the current system, then let that guy, I mean, basically give him a checkbook and let him, let him go to work. It's, it's not just wild, wild west. It's all very regulated and well run, but essentially I can go to an employer and say, let me do what I do for my patients for your health plan. And so our fully integrated plans are built just like that. Now, once we launched three or four or five of these in East Texas, we realized this is going to have to get a lot bigger, well beyond my scope. So um, MindD Connect kind of elevated out into just a, a plan design and administrative type company that went out and started connecting all these DPC docs that were, were wanting to do 
employer health plans because they wanted to get blocks of business and revenue in their practice. They just didn't know how to do it. And instead of them walking through the three years it took me to figure it out, we'd go to them, we'd give them some rapid education, get them up on how a health plan is put together, what the anatomy of it is, what all the parts and pieces, how they connect, and then set him right there on the hub of that and then let him go to work. We stay there for administrative and and support until he's well-trained and then we leave him be and he just manages his little population of folks and can, one can by I one by, can, can I, yeah go can ahead I interrupt you can i interrupt you um so that seems to be the the core calculus and some would suggest oil and water between the insurance world and the world of clinical medicine how did you as you were vetting your options and uh and, and direction for your life uh how did you um, essentially uh, a bake that sort of skill set of wrapping your your brain around it, and then the ability to communicate it to your peers? And what was the receptivity of your peers to essentially merging two worlds that tend to not coexist? Well, the merging becomes a little bit easier because um, most of the DPC docs that start kind of have a revenue problem like I did. So there's, there is a motivation and a concept of instead of trying to sell one patient at a time, they can sell a truckload of patients at a time. And so the reception part of the doctor was, um, I'm not having a hard time explaining and, and saying, look, I know conceptually at, at the 1.0 level of DPC, we don't want to bring a third party into this patient-doctor relationship. But the fact of the matter is employers are the ones paying for health care. And why can't we do for the employer what we've been doing for individual patients? So when I run into the, the hardcore DPC you know, the, the veterans, the, the, the guys that started out, um, they're, that's their only friction point is why are we bringing this relationship in? And when you get through the explanation of they're really the ones paying for everything, they're small business owners just like we are, why can't we help them? We're not breaking down the DPC model by doing that. It, the, 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 the doctors kind of soften up, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, it does. Uh, so I believe I heard you say that in your instance, you converted an existing practice. And in some cases, residents coming straight out of their residency are going into DPC. So they're different hurdle experiences. And I recall you were converting a practice and that 13 patient recruitment was a bit of a humility play. It kind of opened your eyes further that you might need to look beyond this DPC 1.0 version. Is, Is that correct? You nailed it right on right on the head. Um, and, and I think all of my peers, when they said there's no way this is going to work, they were looking at that 1.0 relationship, and they were dead on. So I'm grateful for it. Without that humility point and the time it created, I mean, crickets were everywhere. I wouldn't <laughs> have had time to launch in and study medicine and health plans and PBMs and all the dirt that was in there. And when you open all the doors and make it transparent, you clean up the house a little bit, it, it the basics of it aren't that hard. They're just not. So so when you start to realize I love this model, 
It really addresses a number of bullet points in my life that matter to me, ethics, work life, satisfaction, um, etc. But you then need to layer in um, additional aspects of things that ultimately go, well, gee, there's this world of employers and they typically uh, are starting to self-insure even at smaller and smaller levels. How does that? How did that all come together in terms of how this could sort of build out and touch on areas that the purist would view as selling out to third to third parties? Well, I think the self-insured part of that is the difference. Um, bolting on to a a fully insured product that makes no sense and just putting yourself alongside of that as an added expense. It doesn't. It just doesn't work. One, and it doesn't speak to the actual disassembly of the broken system. When you take a small employer and you convert them from fully insured, and you show him how he has control to custom build his own house and his own health plan, bit by bit, and he can make decisions. And as a direct primary care doctor that has knowledge of the system, you you guide him through it. It's exactly like taking care of a patient. I mean, a health plan itself is its own entity, and if you understand its physiology, it's built with the 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 owner. It's a it's an amazing product that comes out the other end. It's a living being, and then inside of that, you've got all these employees, these real people that you get to be a doctor for while you're doctoring this health plan. It's it's like a baby. It's a creation. So. If you can do the self-funding explanation, get the get the ownership and the skin in the game to the to the boss, and get the education and support to them, it's it's amazing. I mean, that's true doctoring, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And you're really serving in an educational role, both for your peers, other physicians perhaps interested in considering the space as well as employers who are trying to wrap their brain around, well, what is DPC and how could we potentially work with it? Talk, talk about this anatomy that you described earlier of understanding. If you understand the anatomy of the people and you understand the, the anatomy of the employer, you can somehow talk that language and bring the two together. Tell us about your experience doing that and how it drove essentially the, the infrastructure around MyMD Connect. Well, yes. So I, I, I'm a doctor that gets the piece of paper out and a pen and I, I draw these crazy pictures that if you didn't listen to the story as they got um, developed, you wouldn't know is about diabetes and how things worked. But the patient sees this thing get created and they're like, oh, now I understand my disease process and we make, make headway. I do the same thing with employers. I get a piece of paper out and I draw the parts and pieces of what's inside their fully funded plan that they know they hate and they don't understand how it works. And then we draw another arrow and, and reconstruct a similar looking thing, although it's now self-funded. Once they get that diagram or that anatomy in their head, their, their, their first thought is, well, where's the risk on this? Um, how do I control cost? And then that's where the hub is the direct primary care doctor. And once you've gone to them, taught them about that, educated them. They have faith in that you know what you're doing. And then as a DPC doc, you can control and improve everything on the back end without increasing cost. It, it's, it's, a, it's a genesis. It's really a neat thing. 
So as you, um, in your learnings here and assimilating this to put a footprint on the, on the ground that, that appeals to both your colleagues and the employer marketplace, what are, what were some of the learnings that perhaps forged some of your choices? Like for instance, I mean, Garrison Bliss, arguably the quote godfather of direct practice launched Q Lions. There were investors behind it. Unfortunately in, um, 2017, they shut that operation down. Do you did you distill anything from? Because I believe they were starting to work with third parties as well, employers, perhaps even Medicaid, if I if I understand it correctly. Did well, was there any kind of lessons learned out of that that sort of informed some of your choices for MyMD Connect? Yeah, when you look at the distillate of third parties, um, the TPAs come out first. Those are great to work with. Um, uh-huh. There, there, there are some already um, big employers out there that are that are doing their own management. They're good to work with, but as you far, get farther down the distillate, you get into state funding and government funding and Medicaid programs. I think that's the tail of the distillate. You need to stay away from. I think Q Alliance got too dependent on government money. Um, I, that's a that's kind of one of my pillars in in life is don't depend on that because with one legislative rule change, you're done. Um, and so I think they got, I think that was their primary mistake. What they did otherwise was just amazing, especially for the time they did it. I just think that one mistake took them out. So you're avoiding government, but you're still focused on the, the private marketplace. And yes, that sir. brings you into the world of brokers and reinsurers and stop loss carriers and how are you weaving that all together to create your products and then talk about essentially what some of the offerings at my MD connect uh, are directed to. Sure. That is, you described the world perfectly. Um, our reinsurers looked at what we were doing at first and had no idea. They, they, ascertained it wasn't going to be harmful for their risk. So they decided to not move their pricing and just let that happen. After three years, and I mean, we've run three or $4 million of revenue through these health plans just on the DPC side. And all of that has resulted in decreased risk on the stop loss carrier to the point where our main stop loss carrier, if we're attached to that group, they'll give a credit on a major medical plan, almost half of the fee. And, and I'm fully confident in the next couple of years of data, they're going to move that to where it's not even going to be an added cost. They're given credits off the premium, which is great. Brokers. That's another story. We had a, we had, I think the typical broker that's successful, the last thing he wants in his world is change. And we ran into that over and over and over and locally eventually just went around them. Um, once I, showed them that our product is good. And if you don't sell it, I'm just going to go around you. Um, That we found some good friends in the broker community that, that broke off and are there helping us. Um, They're far and few between still right now. Um, I think the brokers are coming around. I think they all know that their products are not any good and that it's just a matter of time that um, uh, an innovation is coming. And so every day I get calls from, from different brokers trying to figure out what is it? Is this good for me? Is this going to mess up a good thing? So I think they're going to come around, but initially they were, they're horrible, but that is the landscape and the TPAs, the pharmacy benefit management companies. I've, I talked to many of them and I explain why DPC is not going to 
to break you. And if you're the guy carrying this new shiny thing, it's going to do wonders for your company. Um, that's we're, we're, we are turning the environment from the inside out, which is great. And when you get over to the products, it's like, what does MindV Connect design? We've got three plans that are extremely affordable that we call mech plans that don't have hospital coverage. And then we have three plans that have hospital coverage and our richest plan literally has no cost to the patient at all when they go to the hospital. That's our, our Cadillac plan. And to give you an idea, it's a direct primary care doctor for everybody. It's a drug card, generic and branded. It's got, um, uh, we've got many direct relationships with hospitals and we've got a, a rate that is set in stone that our risk takers can, can calculate the premium off of. And when you calculate and look at the, the total head premium on that, and then you look at the uh, fully funded market, the price points level out to instead of a $0 deductible with MIMD Connect at the hospital, we're compared to about a $5,500 deductible with Blue Cross or one of the PPO HMOs uh, uh, products that are out there. So yeah, our, plans, our plans are much richer. They, mm -hmm. they feel good. They taste good. They run well. And they cost right about the same as a, a simple stripped down high deductible only plan. And if that won't move the market, nothing will. With first dollar coverage. Absolutely. Hospitals yeah. love it. Yeah. So, wow. So this is fascinating because this really is sort of nuts and bolts of, of the philosophy, even though it got pretty well corrupted, of what was originally labeled as health maintenance organizations <laughs> is to really provide comprehensive, uh, for the most part, comprehensive first dollar coverage with no obstacles to care. So I'm wondering how, how so the, the hospitals are liking it, but you must have come in and really got them down to what I would call most favored nations pricing, which is like the best rate they would otherwise offer to their highest volume customer. I mean, how did you get, how'd you get them to kind of work with you and essentially go to almost marginal pricing on, on hospital services? Well, I wouldn't call it marginal. It's higher than you think. Um, I mean, we're, we're using a, a reference off of Medicare, uh, which everyone understands at least what they get paid on Medicare. And, and the fact mm -hmm. that it is first dollar coverage. Um, no, we have rates between 150 and 200% of Medicare. So it's, it's not marginal. I mean, they're wow. making a small mark. They're making small wow. margins on Medi Medicare, okay. right? So, mm -hmm. but with, with the, with the known dollar amount and the, the, the risk being able to be calculated, with the DPC doc and the understanding from the premium setter that what we do is valuable, well, you mend those together and our price points are just right where they need to be. Very exciting. Yes. So I would advise anyone interested in, in drilling into those three plan tiers that they go to mymdconnect.com and click on the uh, DPC health plans, which is under the employer tab. So in our these conversations always go too quickly and there's a lot to cover, but uh, in the remaining two minutes or so that we have, what would your guidance be to physicians who are looking to get off that hamster wheel uh, and might be considering direct practice? Uh, what, what, what picture would you paint as to the range of options, which now exists within the direct practice space from, you know, DPC 1.0 to the concierge piece to what you're now doing at MyMD Connect. What would be your 
what would be your guidance and maybe some resources to look at? My guidance I, I give all the time. I, I get calls. It's have faith and jump out and do it. Um, it, the safety net that needed to be there when I started um, is there now. We, you can go out and do a 1.0 launch and then also offer the employer health plans all the way through 2.0, 3.0, whatever you want to call it. It all exists today, and the revenue streams are easier. You're going to get up to speed quicker than when, when guys like me started, and the risk is not what it used to be. So if if you went into medicine because you wanted to do real doctoring and you didn't want to work for a hospital system and you didn't want to be told what to do and you wanted autonomy for your patients, I would say get with us at MyMD Connect. Let us go through what we didn't have time to talk to uh, to this you know in this time period, and we'll be happy to support you through it. We've done it. We've walked it. We've helped many other doctors do it. I would I would say have faith, and and let's go. That's what I would say. And do you see any kind of Venn diagram overlap here between physician-directed ACOs and DPCs 2.0, 3.0? There's minimal. I, I don't. I, what I don't like about the ACOs is this: not all the stakeholders are are sharing savings. You know, the stakeholders are the patient and the employer, and they're getting left out. The doctor and the insurance company are the only two that I, I see in that. That if you're going to create savings, which ACOs do, that's where the overlap is with DPC. I think you got to share it with all the stakeholders, and um, this really centers the savings back to the employer. And that'll have to be the last word for today's broadcast. I want to thank our guest, Jeremy Smith, MD, CEO of My MD Connect, for his generous time and insights today. Do follow Dr. Smith and MyMD Connect's work on the web via www.mymdconnect.com and on Twitter via at MyMDConnect. And finally, if your hospital health system, physician venture, or healthcare conference is in the market for social media support, including content development, curation, engagement, or amplification, do ping me on Twitter via at 2HealthGuru or email Greg with two G's at healthinnovationmedia.com. Fred and I will be happy to lend our subject matter expertise to your venture. Until we meet again on Pop Health Week for Fred Goldstein, for Dr. Jeremy Smith, this is Greg Masters saying bye now. of the morning a sunshine punch to the day the jitter java your go-go beans the old am how you do it's your special wakey juice that electric elixir your morning mccafe right now get any size for a buck yep that's freshly brewed coffee made with 100 arabica beans for just a dollar off the one two three dollar menu prices and participation may vary limited time offer cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal 
The cafe's new cold brew coffee is strong. How strong? With rich flavor, it's real strong. But not too, too strong. Because it's smooth too, baby. How smooth? Real smooth. Like silky velvety smooth. So, if you want your cold brew strong and smooth, come on in and try McCafe's new cold brew of sweet and creamy marble cold brew coffee. It's smooth. That comes on strong. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. 